Few things are sweeter than the taste of victory, and the Jets have now gotten a fair share of a, a rather sweet dose after defeating the Vegas Golden Knights in dominant fashion, 5-1. to one. On the road, in Vegas, the Jets put on one of their best games of the season. We'll dive into this game and the multitude of very impressive performances on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. Or Locked On the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, if you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Doing so, of course, is free of charge and ensures never miss another episode. But most of all, we just really love and appreciate your support. Tonight's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Find out how you can save more with Game Time on all of your favorite event tickets in a little bit later on this show. Now, like I said in the intro, obviously the Jets just defeated the Vegas Golden Knights 5-1. Massive victory, and I think for a lot of us, a little bit unexpected. Not that the Jets won necessarily, but how they did it. Uh, You know, traditionally with games like these, you're facing a fast countering team that has traditionally put the Jets under a lot of stress. We know that in the last series, Winnipeg played with them in the postseason. um, The Jets were the better team overall, but in a couple of key areas, particularly goaltending, the Jets unfortunately found themselves on the wrong end of a a masterful performance from Marc-Andre Fleury, while just about every single mistake the Jets made ended up somehow getting past Hellebuck. Uh, a really tough series that one was. And, you know, coming into this year's playoff series, the Jets basically scooched back into the postseason picture, kind of backed their way into a wild card spot, and you weren't really sure what you were going to get with them. Almost from the off, though, in this game, the Jets seemingly came out with a purpose. This wasn't a team that seemed tentative. Now, I will be, you know, completely transparent and say that Despite the scoreline and the overall performance, the first few minutes of this game were a little bit uneven, right? The Jets had a couple of mistakes and turnovers. I I thought that there were a few bad passes early on uh, to where the Jets maybe weren't making the best choices with some of their puck management. We saw Vegas get a couple of decent looks on Hellebuck. Uh, Hellebuck, thankfully, didn't have any issues and managed to make a couple of critical saves. At the other end, you know, Laurent Bressois making his return uh, against the Jets. Winnipeg put him under pressure as well. But for the first, like, five to ten minutes, you could tell that both teams didn't want to make mistakes. But in some areas, Vegas was able to win a couple of battles, maybe against a smaller defender like Neil Pionk uh, or off of a bad miss, you know, pass from maybe Blake Wheeler or somebody that got turned into a scoring chance against. And suddenly, you know, Winnipeg was a little bit, Uh, alert and and kind of aware that any mistake against this Knights team could be uh, a a lethal and fatal one. But 
Thankfully, Hellebuck was more than up to the task. Uh, he didn't face a ton of action in the first period. In fact, most of the chances came down at the other end, and somehow Winnipeg did not score despite having some crazy goal line scrambles with Mason Appleton, uh, Morgan Barron, Adam Lowry, lots of guys like that chipping away, hoping to find a little bit of space, but somehow Bressois and the combined efforts of the defenders in front of him managing to uh, stave off a couple of Jets goals. But what I'll say is like the first 20 minutes overall were better than I was expecting. You know, I thought Winnipeg maybe concedes the first goal, kind of feels a little bit nervous. You get that tension, that energy, the knowledge that Mark Stone is back. Jack Eichel is making his first playoff appearance. Everything on the road in a very hostile environment, I thought, could put the Jets behind early. Instead, Winnipeg was the better team overall. I thought that they were more dangerous. Uh, they got into some really good positions. And they generally, uh, genuinely came really close to scoring and putting Winnipeg up first. But it did take until the second period. Once the dam started to break for the Jets, though, in the middle frame, things kind of opened up and Winnipeg suddenly found itself on the right side of the ledger, which isn't something that we've always been able to say with this team. Uh, Winnipeg, I know in the past, you know, they've occasionally gotten the lead and then they've sort of slacked off and suddenly find themselves trailing in a game that they really should have been winning to begin with. Uh, or in other situations, the opponent takes the lead and the Jets spend the whole game chasing, but unfortunately can't score. This one, I was worried that Winnipeg's finishing would be a bit of a problem. It certainly was in the opening period, but after Kyle Connor opened the scoring in the second period, thanks to a great feed from Pierre-Luc Dubois, things kind of just sort of fell into place. You know, a minute later, Dubois scores, um, and from there, you know, the Jets just seemingly started to hit, I would say, their liftoff phase. Uh, like I said, though, it wasn't a perfect game. I, I thought that there were some bad passes here and there. And I think Winnipeg is really going to want to be careful in the defensive zone, uh, chipping the pucks along the walls and just sort of scooting it out that way as your clearance. Other teams in the past used to take advantage of the Jets doing that all the time, and it caused Winnipeg to, to find itself hemmed inside the defensive zone for really long stretches. But in this game, Vegas never really picked up on it, or even if they did, Winnipeg usually pressured the puck receiver immediately and forced another turnover to clear the zone. So... All's good. You know, I think the Jets uh, generally played a very strong game. Now, I'm, I'm saving the last part of this game for a, a separate discussion because I really think it's worth taking a look at on its own merit. Uh, that third period, I would say, is just a masterclass in how the Jets can play with the lead when they're not sitting back deep and allowing opponents to dictate the pace. When this team is doing what it can against opponents where the Jets can control play, can control the tempo, and can dictate possession. I mean, it's really hard to beat this Jets team when they're in that peak form. We'll talk about that third period in just a little bit, but before we go any further, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at Game Time. A lot of days, you know, you're probably thinking about concerts and sporting events, and you're trying to find the best way to find a good deal, and also make sure that you don't get scammed or pay extortionate fees. A lot of us really struggle with this. I know that I'm a huge like concert nerd, so I'm always at shows, and golly, are the prices pretty high these days. I gotta be honest. Game Time is finally here to help, though. They've got a wonderful app that helps you find last-minute deals, last-minute tickets, flash sales, and easy-to-find tickets so that no matter what event you're looking for, Game Time has a great selection available for you. And if you're not sure about the seats that you're buying, they've also got great pictures and photos 
from your seats so you'll always know what you're getting into before you're buying. Obviously, a lot of you who go to sporting events, you want to make sure that you can actually see. Anyone who's ever been to Fenway Park knows that uh, there's a certain obstructed view in one of the stands where you're literally staring at a column. And if you had game time, you'd be sure to avoid it unless you like staring at columns instead of watching sports. Maybe you do. Maybe sometimes those teams are really bad. But you know what? I think we all know that if we're going to say a Jets game, we want the best view possible. That's why I really think you should download Game Time. It's the fastest growing ticketing app for a reason. Again, like I said, you can always get uh, seat views and you will have your tickets in seconds with some of the best prices in the industry. Snag the tickets without the stress by downloading Game Time. Create an account and use promo code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms and conditions apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to our discussion about Winnipeg versus Vegas, a massive game, massive dub, massive performance, awesome game. Uh, I'm like on cloud nine right now, if I'm being completely honest. I, I, I'm just so excited. This was a great performance. And it's funny because a few weeks ago, we all kind of thought the season was cooked, right? I mean, the Jets looked dead in the water. This team was really down in the dumps. Shifley, Ehlers, Wheeler, all of these guys were kind of pissed and not really seeming like they were with the program. But the team's back, they're rolling, and this was one of the most impressive games of the season. But there's a period that I think is really worth talking about, and that is the final third. That last 20 minutes of the game was pure dominance. Winnipeg outshot Vegas something like 10 to 2, I want to say. And I'm not kidding when I said Vegas had two shots. That's all they got. Let that sink in. 20 minutes for two shots in Vegas. Winnipeg flat out dominated. That is one of the best periods of hockey the Jets have ever played. And Winnipeg did concede a goal a little bit earlier in the second period uh, to William Carlson, but to see them answer that with a period in which they basically, from start to finish, completely neutralized all of Vegas's counters, essentially shut down the slot, and uh, really defended the blue line well is just beyond impressive. And best of all, they even added a couple of goals. We had a great um, second line shift with uh, Niederreiter and Wheeler, Niederreiter took a feed down low and then just got the puck across to Wheeler. And Wheeler kind of slid across the top of the slot, backhanded a shot, and somehow it found its way past Bersois. And then, you know, towards the end of the game, Lowry was on the power play or whatever, uh, nabbed himself a couple of goals. Just a really impressive game overall. And I feel like this third period is a good example of why Winnipeg's strategy of sitting deep, um, especially with the lead, doesn't really work. You know, you've probably heard the phrase score effects. This is when a team is chasing the lead, right? They've they've conceded, they're in a deficit, and they're trying to catch up. And for a team that's defending a lead, this can actually be one of the hardest game state situations to deal with because when the opponent is pressing, they're taking more risks. They're putting you under a lot more pressure, and they're the ones who are um, creating those chances and opportunities. So for the Jets to essentially neutralize every single player on this Knights team even Jack Eichel and Mark Stone, I mean, <laughs> what do you even, even say about this performance? Winnipeg forced turnovers higher up the ice. 
They, I, I think, did really good work along the walls. There were puck retrievals and good zone exits, although some of them were probably fortuitous because Vegas wasn't always looking for those wall clearances. But even when they did, the Jets were seemingly there to win second puck battles and generally harassed Vegas. So, um, yeah, you know, a lot to love in this game. I think that that third period is a masterclass in how the Jets really should play with the lead. And it's not something that Bones has done traditionally. I was a little bit surprised that they were as aggressive as they were and pushing the pace. It seemed like Winnipeg could frankly run up the score if they felt like it, but they haven't always done that against opponents. We've seen the Jets take you know the foot off the gas, and it's allowed opponents to come back in games and occasionally even scratch out results where the Jets frankly should have won cleanly in regulation. Uh, but this game, the Jets got got you know business taken care of. They shut down that third period. And I would say, for me, it was one of the most imp- uh, impressive games of the season. You know, taken as a whole, you walk into Vegas, you walk into an arena that Vegas has frankly won a lot of games in recently. Uh, I think they've only lost a handful of games on the road and at home over the past couple of months. Really, really an outstanding sterling record. One of the top teams in the West. And the Jets basically made them look like an inferior squad, which you just don't really do to Vegas. I mean, it's not a thing that the Jets have ever really done. Winnipeg lost all of their early season matchups to this Knights team. And for the Jets to walk into Vegas, especially with Winnipeg's recent form having been very up and down and chaotic, I just think it really speaks to the determination of this team and you know the ability for them to elevate their play, you know, find that next gear, and step up to the plate when called upon. They have not always done that in previous seasons. We've seen them fold under pressure. We've seen them fold during this season, and yet somehow they found their resiliency, they found a way to battle back, and they put on a phenomenal show in the biggest game of the season. So, you know, Winnipeg fans, Game 3 and Game 4 tickets, I believe, are just about sold out. I know Game 3 definitely was. Don't know if Game 4 is yet, but if it's not, buy those tickets. Make sure that you get into the whiteout party outside if you can. I think it's going to be a phenomenal experience. This team, look, I, I know that I've been tough on them on the in the past. I wasn't happy with some of the recent ticketing campaigns. But if this team plays like this in the postseason, they deserve all the love and support and really be loud for them because I think this team, I don't know, it, it's only one game into the playoffs. But if this team can really show us what they are capable of in this playoff run, there's no telling how far they can go. And this might be one of our last chances to see this team with Hellebuck, with everyone in tow, make one last push for a cup. So let's hope that they get it done. But first things first, they have got to get through this Knights team, and there is still a very long journey ahead. But before we talk about that on a future episode, probably tomorrow's episode, I did want to still spotlight a few performances from this game that I think are really impressive for a variety of reasons. We'll talk about those players and who they are in just a little bit. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're just returning really quickly with some final thoughts on a massive victory for the Jets against Vegas. I mean, again, like I said, I wasn't personally expecting it to be such a, a good victory, but the Jets took care of business and they did it in impressive fashion. Now, I think there were some performances that are really worth spotlighting uh, for a couple of reasons. Some of them not so great. Some of them, you know, pretty impressive. 
first performance that I think is worth talking about is Morgan friggin' Barron. Uh, that dude, I mean, he's been a really nice two-way force all season, but this guy took a skate to the face while crashing the net and trying to find a rebound, got 75-plus stitches, and then comes back out and continues to play, forcing turnovers, doing a really good job forechecking along the walls, and offering a solid defensive presence. I, I you know, don't always endorse the idea of players going through injuries and coming back in games, but in this case, you know, Barron avoided any serious damage. Uh, it it did seemingly didn't hold him back at all. People were saying that he looked like he got attacked by a shark. Uh, if my teammates said that about me, I'd feel a little bit embarrassed, but um, Barron just kind of gritted through it, came back out there and put on a, a really strong performance. So congrats to him. Very good game and a player that I think is going to continue to be a really relevant and important role player for the Jets going forward, whether it's this season or or, or beyond. Now, other really good performances, um, I think Wheeler's highs in this game were really high. Uh, he had a great goal. I thought that he had a couple of really dangerous chances, had some nice passes here and there. The lows for him were also pretty bad. I, I'll be honest, he had a couple of turnovers and some really bad passes that got turned into counters, but um, and anytime that you're getting offensive production out of Blake and he's able to really interchange and interweave with his line mates, I, I think is is good. Um, Nino and Nemesnikov did pretty good job supporting Wheeler and generally creating good offensive opportunities. Nemesnikov, I thought, was a stronger forechecking presence. I thought that he was getting into good shooting lanes and passing lanes and just doing a, a pretty workman job. Even if it wasn't pretty, it, it still got the job done. And I think that's the most important part. Um, I guess if I have to assign like MVP grades, it's got to be Dubois. Uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois really stood on his head in this game, was one of his most impressive performances. He had a, uh, an assist, a goal, and was just all over the place. Yeah, I mean, he was scrapping and fighting for pucks, forcing turnovers, creating chances, driving towards the slot. This is like that vintage PLD that the Jets thought that they might be getting when they first traded for, for uh, his rights um, in that line A swap. I know that things have kind of been a little bit uneven with him over the past few months, but this game, you know, no question about it. Pierre-Luc Dubois was very clearly in fine form, and he looks like he wants a cup. So massive performance from him. Uh, other performances, I, I think overall, again, the team was really strong. If I had to spotlight anyone else, um, I guess we'll go with the coaching staff on this one. I was kind of surprised to see them opt for aggression and continued pressure, even with the lead. I know that that sounds really silly to say and uh, a little bit trite, maybe a bit of a backhanded compliment, but I'm being fully serious here and honest. I was impressed with how the coaching staff handled this game. I think that they did a really good job for the most part, recognizing where there were opportunities to sort of bury Vegas. They made sure that the team stayed disciplined for the most part. Uh, the only thing I didn't like was like the, the power play not being all that great. Some of the puck movement was just, you know, passable, even if it wasn't ideal. But, you know, at the end of the day, the Jets took care of business at even strength. The PK was outstanding, really frustrated Vegas, kept them off balance the whole evening, and even generated a couple of odd man situations the other way shorthanded. So, yeah, I, I mean, I can. Just so many things to, to really praise about this game. But I, I think the coaching staff maybe opting to, to be a little more progressive, a little more aggressive, and letting the guys kind of pressure and attack as they are, are skilled enough to do was a refreshing change of pace. 
I want your takeaways, though. I want to hear what you loved about this game, what you thought could be improved. Drop your thoughts and comments below, and give me your predictions for game two. I think this one is, you know, in my head it's going to be a loss. My heart says five to three Jets, but I feel like logical me is thinking Vegas evens the series up. I just think that they're going to be really pissed off in this second game, and I expect them to answer in a big way. But we'll see soon enough later this week. For tonight's episode, though, that is gay. Everydayers who are tuned into us again, like I said, um, apologies, we just dropped out there. Uh, I was just saying, you know, like I said, everydayers who are tuned into us every episode, be sure to check out tomorrow's episode. We'll talk a little bit more about this upcoming game for game two, any adjustments Winnipeg might make, and how to deal with the loss of Ehlers, who was not present for game number one. Again, like I said, though, that's all the time that we have. I thank you so much for making Lockdown Jets your first listen. We will see you here tomorrow. And as always, have a great night and go Jets go.